Welcome to the Real Estate Trainer Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Eisenhower. I'm the CEO and founder of ICC, or Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. ICC is one of the largest real estate coaching companies in the world with thousands of clients and a large team of the most accomplished coaches in the industry who coach many of the highest producing real estate agents, teams, and broker owners in North America. You can find more content on my website, the world's leading production training website for real estate agents at therealestatetrainer.com. That's therealestatetrainer.com. Now on this podcast, I'll share tips, success stories, and training for agents and brokers looking to increase their business income while maintaining a balanced life. So whether you are a new licensee, a solo agent, a real estate team leader, or maybe a team member, a broker owner, or a manager, you are guaranteed to learn something new on each and every podcast episode. Robert, how's it going? <laughs> going great. We are so excited to have you on the show for all the reasons you just said, but you are one of the top coaches. And we know the real estate industry has its ebbs and flows, but right now we're seeing just something historic in what we're watching in low inventory and how long it's it's been around. So the question that's on everyone's mind that we'd love to hear you uh, talk to us more about is, what are you doing in this low inventory inventory market to get listings? Right. Well, the first thing I'm going to tell you is this. Yeah, it's a low inventory market, but that doesn't mean there aren't many listings. But that's the first. I mean, there's tons of listings. Uh, we're probably in 2021 going to set a record for the most listings ever. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that. Now, mind you, it doesn't feel like we ever have any because they're all they're all selling so darn fast. Um, but the, the, the record for the most listings actually happened in the peak of the housing boom. There were 6.2 million listings sold in 2006. The, I mean, that was the, the top, top, top year of the housing boom. And guess what? At that point in time, I'm kind of dating myself, but at that point in time, people thought there was no inventory too. I mean, there was 20 offers on every house, way above over asking, people waiving every contingency, all the same stuff as now back in 2006 yet. So there was no inventory and buyers were killing each other to try to get houses. Like houses were blood diamonds. You know, people were doing terrible things to get them. Um, but yet there was a record number of them for sale. And that's really just because of human nature. When people see their house, house their home going up in value, they instantly think of how much equity they have and they tend to trade up or trade over or trade down or something. So they take advantage of that time. And that's what's happening now. The second highest listing sold year was 2020, last year. And last year was a low inventory year. Now, 2021 is even lower inventory. But in the first half, which we're about to wrap up the first half, we are going to see that it's going to be the record for six months, the most listings taken and sold. Um, despite it doesn't feel like it. So the only reason I'm saying this is so that any real estate agents watching this get the right mindset about this. We get paid as a percentage of listing volume out there. or you know, and, and there's never been more money out there. There's never been more commission income out there available for you to get. You just need to make sure you're getting your fair share of it. And yeah, to so do that, someone's selling the houses. So why not? Oh why yeah, not you, someone's right? selling them. Absolutely, yeah, someone's selling them. So, and the best way to do that is to control the inventory, and that means control the listings. 
Um, and that's what you guys do is you give us the tools that all of our clients use to do that at an extremely high level. Because I can honestly say that most of our clients are the top of their local multiple listing service in, in, in production rankings. If not number one, two, and three, or number one, or that kind of thing, they, they typically take the most listings. Um, and that's because they're losing, using a lot of your tools. And if you do that, you're going to completely control the inventory. Um, and that, you know, the rich get richer in this market. That's for sure. Yeah. And thanks for saying that. So Red X does offer quite a variety of tools, but, uh, you know, we've chatted a little bit before uh, uh, offline and uh, you've talked a lot about using geo leads or circle prospecting through Red yeah. X. And what what are some of the what are some of your tips and tricks or why, why are you recommending that your coaches? Why are your coaches finding success uh, with geo leads right now? Well, I tell you, um, I love when you guys came out with geo leads plus um, because that added emails. And when, when you added emails, that opened up like this ray of sunshine on everything because um, it took real estate geographic farming to, to another level. And we've got a lot of farmers. Um, you know, we coach most of our clients to build their sphere of influence, you know, their referral base, the people they know, right? But then we always layer on a couple other pillars of business. And with most top agents, farming starts to flow into the mix because they a top agent can start to pick and choose their price point. And most agents want a higher price point because you make a lot more money with a lot less work, right? Um, and there's no better way to target your price point than target a geographic location. You just find where the expensive houses are and we, we target and market that area. Um, and GeoLeads helps us do that. And now that you've got you know, GeoLeads Plus, where we've actually got email addresses mixed in, holy moly, now, now that opens up a lot of different realms that, that people probably haven't considered. Um, so I'm going to actually talk about some of the tips that we use. Uh, once I saw that, I'm like, oh, boy, we're going to we, – that opens up a whole lot more for us, right? Um, so and – I, and I know you guys provide – I do want to say this, too, before I dive into that teaser – um, that you probably don't know I'm going to say about, but I will tell you this, it's an amazing FISBO market. Okay. That's the, and you guys provide all the tools to market to FISBOs. So we still teach that. And we have a lot of agents making a killing off FISBOs right now. Why? Because the market is so outrageously hot. Everybody on the planet thinks they can sell their house themselves. So FISBOs are everywhere. So it's never been easier to get more FISBOs than right now. So this is a FISBO market, just like 2005, six and seven was a FISBO market. This is a FISBO market for the exact same reason. Okay. If you can stomach dealing with people that don't necessarily think that you, you know, you, that you really should be in business, <laughs> you know, you got to get past that. Uh, you got to be patient. You got to stay with them and you got to nurture them and market them over time. Um, but it is a good FISBO market. So that is something I'm not, I'm actually like covering your entire array of Oh, your product. Yes, yeah, thanks. I, yeah, I, 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 I love it. <laughs> but I will tell you that before I get into um, the other thing I want people to realize too is it's an amazing expired prospecting market. And people say, well, why would you say that? There's no listings expiring. First of all, you're wrong. There, every market has listings expiring all the time. But what you don't have is many other agents calling them right now because everybody erroneously thinks that it's a terrible market to prospect for expires. But I actually see expired prospecting conversion rates go up in low inventory market when there aren't many expired listings. Because relatively speaking, there's very few expired listings right now compared to, let's say, 2008, 9, 10, 11. 
However, your conversion rates are higher because no one else is calling them. So we've got a lot of agents that call them. I've even got some luxury agents that have average purchase prices of $4 million, $5 million that, that prospect for expires in luxury markets right now, and they are the only person calling them. Um, and, and there's no better way to break into a farm than by prospecting into it with an expired or a FISBO. And are those current, like brand new expires? Are you going back months or years to do old both. expires or all of both? Both. We always call the brand new ones first um, for my guys that do do expires. Um, we call the we call the brand new ones first because we got that speed to lead, which, you know, that just expired. We want to be the first one on that. Um, but then we usually do call a certain number of old expires dating back a year or two because we can, I mean, heck, you go back two years. I mean, they've, they've had a 19% price increase in most markets. I mean, you know, whatever price you wanted, we can get that plus a little bit more, you know, now. Um, so it's just, that's another reason. Great point, Robert. I mean, that's another no. reason. Old expires, I mean, it's yeah. never, you've never seen a two-year rate of price appreciation like we've had these last two years. And a lot of people don't realize when you log in and look at your expireds that you can pull your old expireds as well, either from your MLS or and load them into to Vortex and Red X or just right. however you 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 uh, go through those. That uh, expires aren't just what's coming on the market now, which there are more than people think. I just refreshed my expires yesterday. Very surprised how many showed up. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but then there's those old expires that a lot of people don't even realize are right right there in uh, their normal. Uh, leads, uh, they just have to go back and find them. And then oh, yeah, there's, and them. there's greedy, exist. greedy sellers right now that, <laughs> that are just overzealous. So they overpriced and then they get real with you when you list them the second time around. So, yeah. so yeah, it happens. I mean, that's, you know, and so this is where I'm going to bring it back around. People will ask me when you, when you farm geographically with something like Geo leads, how do I break into a farm for the first time? And the best way to do that is with a listing, because if you have a brand new listing, now you have something to talk about in the farm, right? I mean, otherwise, you're just going in saying, hey, I'm Brian Eisenhower with, uh, you know, ABC Realty and I'm the best. Here's my dog and my family. You know, here's a market update, you know, happy Fourth of July, things like that. But if you break in with a listing, now it's, hey, watch how hard I work to market your neighbor's house. Why don't you come to my open house? Come to my next open house. Here's a just listed email. Here's a just listed mailer. Here's me retargeting some Facebook ads at you because I got the freaking email addresses from GeoLeads Plus, right? Here's me working a, a, an under contract, a sale pending once I get contingencies removed, a just sold. Here's my listing video. I'm using all the channels that Red X yeah, opens all up the above. GeoLeads. And at the end of one listing, I've actually touched each resident in that neighborhood around the listing probably eight to 10 times. So they're going to think, because they don't pay that close attention, that I've sold like six houses. <laughs> if I happen to pop a second listing through that, those efforts, which they're definitely going to list with me because they've never seen someone work so hard or market a property so hard. So they're going to look to their wife and say, well, Judy, are you sure you want to list with your cousin? This guy seems to be the neighborhood expert, and I'm pretty sure she doesn't know how to do all this. So I get my second listing. Now I got, you know, I've got those sale pendings and those open houses going along with my just sold that I just sold. And all of a sudden, it, you know, literally within a few months, boom, I'm the neighborhood expert because I went in with a listing. And that's why I like to use FISBOs and expireds to get in with a listing. So I really target in the MLS 
my hot sheets for expireds in certain neighborhoods that I want to farm in. And once I'm notified of an expired in there, bam, I'm going at it. I'm breaking in. I, I love it because you, you're not talking about, hey, this lead type or that lead type or this media or that media. You're saying I have a strategy that uses all of them and I start here, but I'm going to end here. That's correct. That's, I, yeah. I love it. Yeah, no, my guys burn out your your uh, your systems. There's no <laughs> doubt they, they tool through them. So the uh, <laughs> and then, okay, then with geo leads, it gets really really cool. So then that that's how we're breaking in typically, right? And yes, we're going to market some filler in there too. Like you know, you got guys walking down the street putting those little tiny you know American flags in the in in the driveways. You know, with their little business card on it. So you walk down the street, you just see all these little tiny American flags. You know, that's Fourth of July filler. Um, you know, you might coming up on uh, what's next, Labor Day. You know, you might bring in a, a taco truck or an ice cream truck, um, you know, or both and park them at the, at the neighborhood community pool or the neighborhood park or even a house that you know where someone lives in the neighborhood or the entrance to the neighborhood or something. And then of course we're using all of your email addresses, your mailing venues, social media, et cetera, et cetera, for about two weeks prior to that to invite everyone. So again, you're first to mind, no one works harder than you. And that's the key with the farmer. They have to realize no one does a better job marketing than you. We're not going to list with our friend. We're not going to list with your cousin. That guy knows the neighborhood. He focuses on the neighborhood. Look what he does for the neighborhood. It's so much easier if we just use the expert. That's what we're going for, right? So th that's what I call filler because we can do those things every year. But I want to come in with a listing. And then I'm, you know, in between listings, when signs come down, we weep. We don't celebrate for a commission check. We weep because we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> Does that make sense? Then we got to look for filler. You know, then it's like, oh, goodness, I got to do the pumpkin patch or giveaway pies for Thanksgiving or whatever the heck I'm doing. Because in filler, you like to avoid, yeah. you know, because well, that, that kind of wears out. But I, I really appreciate what you're what you're talking about is all the work side of it. Right. Because sometimes, especially in a hot market, an agent wants to get in, uh, make 10 phone calls, get five contacts and two listings and, and, and cash a check. Right. But but what you're talking about is a plan. Uh calling, starting with your expires and FISBOs, then talking to the whole neighborhood and showing them how hard you work. And a big part of that is that you have to work hard, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You can't just, well, you can't, it's not yes. pretend. It's, it's not yes, but it is systematized and it's 100% leverageable, okay? So it's 100% leverageable, okay? So in other words, if you, you know, get to a point where you're selling 30 or 40 transactions a year as an agent, we start looking at administrative help. Right. I mean, maybe even 2025 20, transactions a year. At that point, you're going to stop trying to get new business, especially in the spring and summer. And then you're just going to handle all the business you've got during those times. So that's when you usually hit a ceiling and it's a miserable ceiling, especially in the spring and summer when you like to go on vacations. You know, you're just busy as heck complaining all the time. So if you ever want to break through that, we're going to start leveraging and we're going to bring on some administrative help. And if you do that, that administrative help will pay for itself in spades. So if you're going to spend, let's say 25, 30, 30, 40, 50, whatever, I don't care where you live and where salaries are, $1,000 a year, they should make you two to three times that back in increased GCI because we can put them on offense. They're not going to just be a paper pusher like the office transaction coordinator you pay 400 bucks a file. You know, that's that, that one just costs you money. 
we're going to put them on offense too. We're going to have someone that's out there doing marketing activities that brings you business that will pay for themselves. And geographic farmers, good geographic farmers, there's a lot of leverageable tasks because there's a lot of there's a lot of marketing material we got to put out on, on the regular. Okay. So, oh yeah. Maybe you have your next. Do you have your next tip you want to go to? Yeah, I want to start okay, talking about uh, the the. Sorry, but if you had something good, I'm I'm sometimes. Well, well, and maybe this is going to be one of your tips because you talked about several marketing touch points. Yeah. And what what we have agents always looking for is is a script to start with. And when you've got that many, I mean, you you might have a, a letter, a flyer, uh, just right. listed, just sold. So it sounds like you have several different oh, ones. Yeah. And so uh, I think you should go to your next tip if you're ready for that one. But uh, I'd also love to talk any scripts that you might have, or we're at least tips you, for people. Right. We're going to give you. Right. A, we're going to give you a lot of those. We, 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 and they and they and they they vary based upon the different types of marketing pieces we're putting out around them. Okay. So the first one I'm going to start with the one everyone knows, and, and, and I call them my six touch. Um, and the six touch is composed of just listed and just sold. Those are the bookends. And then in between it, we've got open house, open house, always two open houses. Okay. I don't care if your house sells in a, in a freaking day, we have two open houses and then we go under contract, sale pending, just sold. Okay. So just listed, open house, open house, under contract, sale pending, just sold. And under contract and sale pending are usually the same thing, but I like to get six touches in because <laughs> I want more marketing. So under contract is when we get offered acceptance. Sale pending is when the contingencies are waived. Trust me, the public has no idea the difference. They don't even notice. <laughs> and then just sold on the app, right? Now, most getting coming soon going, I used to do coming soon on the front end, but now there's all these weird rules and different MLS rules. So if I were you, I'd just do the coming soon because I think rules from an MLS restricting agents further than we're already restricted by the law is the most ridiculous concept on the planet. I don't understand why we pay dues to associations to restrict ourselves from marketing further. But for some reason, agents feel the need to do this. <laughs> so I just stay out of it. But if you want to make it a seven touch and make more money, feel free to do that on your own. Um, <laughs> but that's just my little personal rant. So anyway, that's our six touch, right? And because Geo Leads Plus provides email addresses, what I do is I do a six to two ratio out of there. Okay. So the six are six emails. For everyone. Why? Emails are free. So we're going to send an email for every single one of those. And we're going to try to spread them out. Okay? And then we're going to send two mailers because mailers tend to cost money. So we're just going to send two of them. One for just listed, one for just sold. People ask me, do you like just, just listed, just sold mailers? Yes. If they are done with a bunch of other touches. By themselves, no. I think it's a complete waste of time and money. But if you do them and mix in, because I don't think two touches on a whole bunch of people you don't know at all is worth much. But if you're saturating a neighborhood, if you're developing and grooming a target market where you just stay first of mind with your touches and you add evidence of your success with your touches and maintain evidence of your success with your touches, now I love them. Now I love them, right? So I do like them with that. So it's a six to two ratio. It's six touches. Six of them are going to be emails. And then two of them will also be mailers. Okay. On every single one. 
Now, the open houses get special, okay? So we're always going to have two open houses. So we got to be, you know, again, we have to be very, very structured. All of those touches, we're also going to put social media posts around them as well too, right? So we're going to always hit Facebook and Instagram at least for all six touches, okay? Now, all of these – so this is – I mean, now we're making – I don't even know how many put, touches we're, we're making here. We're, we're starting to get up there and, you know, six plus two plus another six, that's like 15. So we're going to need to have very, very thorough listing and closing checklists so we don't forget to make to, – to, to utilize these marketing opportunities. Does that make sense? So, you know, yes, we yeah. put the lockbox on and we get the Instagram post up type of deal. We get the offer accepted. We open up the transaction at the title company, and we post the just listed. I mean, sorry, the uh, the um, under contract, and we send out the under contract email, and we get the mailer design. You know that we have to remember to do all that, or we're going to say we're too busy. You solo agents that sell twenty to forty houses a year right now in June, you're thinking, man, you're crazy if I'm going to do all this. Like, yeah, I do. I do. You're hitting that ceiling. I think it's the worst place to be in real estate, 20 to 4 uni- units a year. Because your June and July are just a nightmare. Yeah. If you're doing it right. We have a question from the audience about what you're talking about. Uh, Spencer Wright wanted to know how many touches are are too much. I mean, as you, you're talking about a 6-2, you're talking about Facebook, Instagram. Is there a point right. that you are careful to not cross or is more touches yes. the better? How would you answer that? Let, let me circle back to that, Spencer, if you stay with me. Here's why. Because the first of all, Facebook and Instagram, that's not too much, right? So as long as you're – that depends on you, right? So if you're posting a lot of other personal stuff, then you're going to be fine because you're mixing in business posts with personal posts. But if you don't ever use Facebook and you're putting a bunch of just listed, just sold, and open house posts on Facebook, that's not good. That's why agents are always trying to post personal posts so we don't burn out our social audience. However, if you go over to your business page, you can post as much as you want. You don't get a lot of interaction there and not a lot of people see your business page, whether it be your Instagram business page or your Facebook business page, but you always want to post there. Okay. That's not going to burn anyone out. Make sense. Those aren't, I don't count those as touches. Okay. Now with the emails, we're going to actually do a lot of touches with the emails. Okay. You won't burn them out too much. So long as you're marketing the neighbor's home. Now, if you start doing a lot of spammy emails, you know, if you just start doing some random generic marketing campaign that says, here's some do-it-yourself homeowner tips, here's how you, you know, wash out your sprinkler gutters every, you know, whenever, and you start doing that kind of stuff, you are going to turn people off. But if you're the person that lets people know that their neighbor's homes are selling, they're interested in that. If you have subject lines that say, you know, whatever the neighborhood name is, we're going to call it Whispering Pines. If Whispering Pines, if, if the subject line is attention, Whispering Pines residence, another Whispering Pines home sold, new listing in Whispering Pines. That is so hyper local that it's not spammy. That when that when the neighborhood gets that, they're going to open it. Just think of the name of your neighborhood. And if you got an email with that in the subject line, you're interested. I mean, it's, you're freaking here. You're humans. You're gossipy. You want to know and you want to look at photos of their house and you want to see who lives there and who's moving and why and what happened and all that kind of stuff. So they actually want this. 
okay? But I'll tell you, so that that's the first part of it, okay? Now, we do have to be kind of toned because I'm going to add a lot of layers on top of this. So Spencer's question is really good because we do need to make sure that we don't overload them with what I'm doing next, okay? Here's my next zinger that kind of goes alongside of this. And this kind of depends on what type of system you use, but no matter what you do, you can do this. We're all familiar with listing e-alerts, right? Okay. Um, listing e-alerts are traditionally something we've had in real estate 15, 20 years. You have a buyer looking for a house. You go into the MLS. You use their system to type in all their criteria. And anytime a listing comes up for sale that fits their criteria of the home they're looking for as a buyer, it gets emailed to them so they can see it and say, hey, Brian, I just saw this email you sent me, even though I had no idea it was sent automatically by the MLS. I want to go show that property. I want to go see that property. And that's what happens, okay? But farmers actually use listing e-alerts in a different way, okay? So what we'll do is have all our clients go into GeoLeads Plus, and then we actually export all of the email addresses, and we either we set them up in the MLS system by using the e- – so anytime a Whispering Pines listing comes up for sale, all of the residents that we have email addresses for – receive an auto email listing e-alert from the email system, from the MLS system. Now, a lot of you guys have CRMs that do this. There's a lot of big CRMs out there that have their own listing e-alert system with an IDX feed to your multiple listing service, and that's fine too. doesn't really matter how you do it. All you need is email addresses to get this done, and GeoLeads gives us that. So with GeoLeads, we use those email addresses, and now we can act now. They love these. They love these more than just list of just solds, right? Um, so depend. this is where you have to – where Spencer's question gets good. You got to kind of look at your frequency because we don't want to burn people out with too many emails because you can blast somebody. If you have like a, a neighborhood that you're farming of 5,000 houses, that's an enormous farm. So there's going to probably be you know one or two listings every day. And that's a lot of emails back at 5,000 people, right? Now, you can also enhance that, which I don't think you should do that. You can also enhance that by not just sending just listeds. You can also send them sale pendings and solds in most markets too. Every MLS is different what feeds they allow. Some MLSs just allow just listeds. Most of them allow just listeds. Some allow just solds. Some allow sale pendings too, Okay or under contracts or whatever you call it in your area. But there's quite a few that allow all three. So can you imagine a listing every single day and you're sending just listed sale pendings and solds? If you start doing that, you're going to get people unsubscribing all over the place. But you can adjust the frequency based upon how big your farm is. Because if, if Whispering Pines is only 100 people, okay, 100 people, 100 residents or 100 households, well, then I might do emails for just listed sale pending and just solds. So I wish there was a definite answer, Spencer, as to how frequent, but a lot of it depends on the size of your farm. And a lot of it depends on how many of these different touches you're layering on top of each other. But listing e-alerts is a very good way to do it because th this enables them to do six things. And this is part of your script um, th that you want to make sure you're always conveying because when we're meeting the neighbors at open houses, we're not just going to open houses to get buyers. We're also going to talk to listings 
because every seller that's a looky-loo seller, we're just looking. That's what they do. They go look at open houses right before they would check out the competition. I mean, they, they know the price. Is my house better than this or not? So they walk through it to see, to see what the price of their house might be. So that's when you start saying, hey, how about if I set you up on a listing yieldler? Um, we've got our we've got our own tools. So anytime one of your neighbor's home comes up for sale, we'll make sure that you know about it before any real estate agents do. And they will, because real estate agents don't look at every listing that hits the market every single morning. But if you have emails going out immediately, instantaneously, to all the recipients, they'll actually see them before the agents do. So we're going to give you full realtor access to the MLS system for any Whispering Pines listing. So you'll get that email right away and you'll know, and here's what you're going to be able to do. You're going to be able to, number one, this is like crack cocaine. Look <laughs> through neighbors, look through photos of your neighbor's homes. You can go all through their house and check them out. I mean, you can virtually open up their underwear drawer. I mean, they go crazy for this right now. Like, so if you tell them that, that's the real thing they want, right? You can, you can see what price their home sells for. You can compare the amenities in that house to the amenities in your house. You'll be up to date on how your homes and, and your whole neighborhood's values are going up in value. And this is a service we provide to all our clients. And we want to do this for all the Whispering Pines residents because very rarely our homes held as open houses. So getting a good idea by just trying to time an open house with your schedule is pretty slim. Why don't you take a look at every home in the safe, confidential privacy of your own air-conditioned home? And you can look at it as much as you want and, and get an informed decision about it. So they love it, right? So we've got to be able to de deliver that value proposition. We're going to deliver it on phone calls when we call around and invite everybody to the open house, right? We're going to deliver it when we meet them in person. So we're not turning away looky-loo listings. I, I, I love all of it. I mean, it's you're using the right tools. You've got hard work, but you're providing service. And, and people respond to that. I mean, they respond to human nature of wanting to look at their neighbor's house, like you said, but they're responding to your hard work and, and, and seeing that, hey, Brian's yeah. providing me a real service. And so when I know when it's time for me to sell, this is the guy I'm going to go to. Yeah. And they'll say things like, hey, I'm just, oh, I look on Zillow or I look on this or, you know, and you say, hey, you know, that's fine. But understand, very few properties make it to Zillow in this market. So you understand Zillow is a secondary data feed, okay? Most of these houses in this market are selling with multiple offers within 24 hours. So if you're looking at Zillow, you're seeing only the homes that nobody else wanted. <laughs> if you want to see the lower priced homes, the best, most desirable homes that sell rapidly, I'm going to give you a direct feed right into the multiple listing service, full realtor access. So you get freaking people off other platforms, and you control your platform. You gotta sell your services. And what I'm telling you is right. They're not gonna go into the Zillow app every single day to see new listings. No one's gonna do that. They need to be notified. So they will, just like you set notifications for things for yourself. So we train them how to look. And if they don't like it, we can tell them they can always unsubscribe or whatever they want at that point in time, right? Now, the last thing I wanna make sure we get in there too is with email addresses, that's the gold mine for Facebook advertising now. Um, in recent years, we can now retarget Facebook ads. So we can take the email addresses that GeoLeads Red X's product provides us. We can upload those into Facebook 
And now we can retarget our ads back at our own database. That's why we call it retargeting, right? Because we provide the database to Facebook with our email addresses. Facebook magically, because Facebook knows everything, and Facebook's probably watching right now. I love you, Facebook. Don't harm me. And what happens is we upload that all into Facebook, and then Facebook then takes your ad that usually is public, you know, sent out to your friends or the masses and retargets those ads at just those email addresses. So you can start having very hyper-local marketing materials like your Whispering Pines real estate expert or neighbors only open house this Saturday for Whispering Pines residents, you know, or block party, you know, taco truck this weekend for Whispering or get our new uh, Whispering Pines listing e-alert update tool um, so that you'll be the first to know when a new listing comes up. So we can really target so that the only people that are going to see those ads on Facebook are Whispering Pines residents. That's powerful stuff, guys. And it's really inexpensive marketing, too. Um, so now I see my email. I see Brian at the taco house in my mailbox. And even when I'm scrolling on my phone and Facebook, yeah. I see Brian. And now I know he's the guy. Yeah, you're not going to list with your cousin who just got a license. <laughs> This is not going to happen. I mean, that's what they always think. I mean, so many people, you wonder why you market FISBOs because they're going to start to realize, oh, wait a minute, maybe real estate agents do do things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's what you do. You get you get with a FISBO and you impress them. And again, all leverageable, all these touches need to be, I mean, the listing e-alerts is easy. Once you set those up, that's just set it and forget it. I mean, you'll talk to people, farmers talk to people three and four years later, later, and they're like, man, I've been getting your emails for so long now, and you totally forgot you had them set up, right? And not to mention, half the people think those are all your listings. That's the crazy <laughs> thing. Like, I don't, my wife sells a bunch of real estate. She's got a big team, and she's got my mom set up on a listing e-alert, and it's just hilarious. So my mom, who doesn't really listen to me at all, <laughs> especially about real estate, like it's the most offensive thing on the planet, Shinless. And, uh, and she'll be like, yeah, I saw you. I saw Robin list another house in my neighborhood. She sure sells a lot. And I'm like, how did you see that? Where's the sign? She goes, oh, it's just another email. I go, oh, like a, a link to the MLS listing? She goes, yeah. And I go, mom, you know, those aren't all her listings. She goes, well, I don't know. I got the email, Brian. I'm like, okay. You know, so so your marketing so good, you tricked your own mom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not the hardest thing to, but, uh, yeah. The, uh, so anyway, they, uh, but that's, I mean, that's, the, you're going to be surprised the results you get from this. You're going to have a, you're going to have a whole lot of people that really are, because all of this marketing, even, even the just listed, just sold marketing, when you're marketing a listing back to the people that live there, one more script for you, to, for you, I'll always say, we ultimately find that the purchaser of a home is a friend, family member, or relative of somebody that already lives in the neighborhood, which is why we're marketing to you, okay? So that's a just listed marketing, because it's true. I mean, oftentimes you think about homes you've bought, you move into a neighborhood because you already knew someone who lived there and you liked it, right? Oftentimes they know you're waiting and looking to move in that neighborhood. So because of it, that becomes our script. That script we use on cold calls uh, for, for, um, for circle prospecting around the listing. We use it at open houses. We're always trying to explain to everyone why we're doing this. If we're door knocking, and I like to doing a lot of this around open houses, right? And, and, and I, one more fast thing. The reason that we want to do two open houses right now is because you're going to get massive open house traffic right now because most people aren't having them. And, you know, you've got blood diamonds and you're letting people look at your blood diamonds. That, 
that's what's happening. <laughs> um, so you're going to get a lot of people that come to you because of it. So what you want to do is let your sellers know, hey, we're always going to have two open houses the first two weekends. You know, the first weekend, we definitely want to have an open house because typically we'll start to get offers. And what happens is those buyers and sellers will start coming by the house, showing it to their friends and family and they're going to see 20 people going through their house, which totally freaks them out. And that makes them actually write higher offers or accept your ridiculously high counter. So it actually increases the leverage the seller has in negotiations. See how I'm using this in my listing presentation script to actually secure the listing. And they're going to list with me over somebody else because I'm not going to just put a sign in the yard and hope someone sells it. I'm actually going to keep working for them after we get it under contract and we start getting offers to try to maximize their sales proceeds to keep negotiating for them. And then the second open house, even if we get it under contract, they know that we've got inspections coming up and I don't want them to just tie up our property and then ask me for a bunch of repairs and costs based on what they find. I want them to see that I'm out there trolling for backup offers just in case they get too greedy. So I'm going to tell that buyer's agent right up front, hey, we've got two open houses. My sellers want us to have them anyway. So we're going to accept your offer, but do understand we're having another open house. That's on you if you don't tell your buyer and they freak out. But it should help your buyer not get too greedy with the inspection repairs. Understanding they're just inspecting to determine if they want it or not, not to see what they're going to nickel and dime my sellers on because we're going to have backups just to keep your buyers off honest. Capiche? And if you say that up front as part of a plan – no one's going to argue with you. You know what I'm saying? Because they just want you to accept their offer. So they're like, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's not until you accept it, they start griping to you. So you want to get all this up front, right? So we're going to have two open houses. Now, You every listing you have, we have two open houses. If that's a part of your process. Now we have two open house emails. We can do open house calls because those are the easiest calls to make on a circle prospect to invite people because now we're just marketing that property because we ultimately find the purchase of a property a friend, family member, acquaintance of somebody that already lives in the neighborhood. That's why we want you to come to our neighbors only open house. Thanks, I Ed? love it. I love it. Brian, we could talk for hours more. This is we this could. content. <laughs> it's needed right now. I mean, agents are out there. They want to know best practices to to continue being successful in this low market, you have delivered. And, and I know that you've got a lot more content. Why don't you tell our listeners as we wrap up here, uh, your website, I think you have a book coming out, if I remember right. Yeah, and, yeah uh, we and do. You, and you, and you can let, let, our, let our audience know about that, and then we'll wrap things up. Yeah, well, first of all, we have the ICC Summit, which is our annual conference. And I know you guys are going to be there as well, too. That's in October. It's in beautiful Morro Bay, right on the ocean in California. It's an exclusive event. A lot of the highest producers in the country are going to be there talking. I got some great trainers coming, buddy, old buddies of mine. Uh, they're going to be there training and speaking. We're going to do a lot of networking and masterminding and, and whatnot. So that's October 2021. It's October 7th, 8th, and 9th for that matter. Um, that's the ICC Summit. You can go to IceNourCoaching.com to find that pretty easy. Um, we have uh, the realestatetrainer.com, which is actually part of the same website. Um, so you can subscribe to the realestatetrainer.com to get regular emails from us. Um, I'd love to see you go to our Facebook group. Uh, it's the Real Estate Agent Roundtable. Um, we get lots of content that we put out there, scripts, dialogues, tools, systems, training videos, things like that. You'll pick up tons of – by subscribing to our email uh, to our email newsletter – and, 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 and becoming an active member of our Real Estate Agent Roundtable Facebook group, um, I think you'll get a lot of, uh, be able to pick up a lot of what we're putting down out there too. Um, and yeah, we've got the book. Um, that's kind of cool. I, I've written a few books for real estate before, but I got picked up by Wiley Publications, which is one of the oldest publishing houses in the country. Um, apparently they, 
they published uh, Moby Dick and Herman Melville and like <laughs> Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> And Brian Eisenhower. And Brian Eisenhower, yeah, who's going who's gonna to write a book about real estate teams. So that book is now finished. Uh, it's kind of the, the start to finish on how to run, structure, organize, all the options you should have for, for um, building and running a successful real estate team. Uh, and so the high-performing real estate team comes out uh, this September. Uh, we are taking pre-orders now. So if you go to EisenhowerCoaching.com um, or the real estate agent, Roundtable, you'll see lots of ways you can pre-order that book and, and get that going. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Trainer Podcast, sponsored by Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. For more information about real estate coaching or to watch my training videos, check out therealestatetrainer.com or join our Facebook called the Real Estate Agent Roundtable. Thanks again.